Welcome to Social Minute, a podcast that looks at social network minute by minute. Today we're going to be covering minute number 113, which is an hour and 52 to an hour and 52.59 on the clock. We start with Marilyn telling us that the other 15% is perjury. Uh, she says creation myths need a devil. Uh, she has a bit of dialogue about what's going on with the other lawyers, um, doing one of the most sorkiny things that you can possibly do, which is name a street of a place that is going on. So she says the others are having a stake on University Avenue, as if you're meant to go, oh, University Avenue, yeah, that's where all the stake places are. Um, and she then kind of talks about what's going to happen. Um, and then mentions, of course, that she uh, is only really sitting in because she specializes in voir dire, uh, which, of course, is the selection of juries. So should this thing ever go to a jury, she is the one who is um, kind of, you know, looking out to see what possible potholes there are that they could fall into in terms of jury selection. Um, and then, of course, uh, this is where she details the fact that um, you know, she could she could talk about how um, the story about Eduardo was planted. You know, why didn't you go to Sean's sorority party? And of course, he says, you think I'm the one who called the police? And she says, doesn't matter. Uh, I've asked the question and now everybody's thinking about it. You've lost your jury in the first 10 minutes. And that's where this minute finishes. And joining me to talk about today is Megan Tripp. Hello, Megan. Hello. Yeah, so this is basically Marilyn summing up the last kind of almost two hours of this film and basically saying... It doesn't matter how great you think you are and the fact that you, you know, invented Facebook, which, of course, you know, Mark actually um, says here, I invented Facebook. Like it's <laughs> he literally states it, even though she's been sitting on literally hours of depositions and knows he invented Facebook. Um, she is basically saying to him, look, they're gonna, they're, they've gone off to eat food and what they're doing is actually working out a settlement. And then, you know they're going to make you settle and then you're going to have to pay a bit more because you're going to need them to sign non-disclosure agreements which is what Eduardo signed he signed Eduardo Saverin signed a non-disclosure agreement so um he couldn't he, even though he contributed a lot to the book uh, the accidental billionaires on which this film is based he didn't talk about the specifics of the settlement he just kind of talked about the creation of Facebook and everything kind of leading up to the lawsuits um you know and of course Marilyn makes it clear that you know they're going to have to sign the non-disclosure agreements so that, you know, if they say one unflattering word in public, then you own their wife and kids, <laughs> which is a really weird way of phrasing it. Um, and that's where Mark just protests, basically saying, I invented Facebook, um, you know, and it's funny because she kind of leads up the whole thing about voir dire by saying, you know, clothes, hair, speaking style, likability. <laughs> and that's the one thing that Mark kind of picks picks up is just likability. Um but yeah, I, yeah, because he know he he doesn't have it. <laughs> yeah, and I think it's funny actually. You know, the start of the minute she says creation myths need a devil, uh, which I don't think is right. a line that anybody ever said to Mark during the kind of the selection stuff. But this obviously Marilyn is kind of like a, a, not really a character specifically in the real world. She's just somebody who, um, you know, is a substitute for dozens of lawyers that probably worked with Mark Zuckerberg through these cases. Um, so in this case, she basically turns into an Aaron Sorkin creation for these final couple of minutes um, yeah. to deliver. And the... she kind of absolves him, right? A little bit. Yeah. Yeah. She she basically kind of says, you know, if you settle it and, you know, it doesn't really it doesn't really kind of matter whether or not they're telling the truth. You're just going to have to pay them off, um, you know, and it's kind of like, well, OK, <laughs> I mean, 
if you see the film once, you kind of know that she's basically summing up what's about to happen. Um, and, you know, summing it up pretty quick. Like, the end of this script is only a few more pages now. Um, it, and, and, you know, it, like, th- this end comes so fast um, and kind of out of nowhere. It's, it's, it's almost a bit shocking considering how detailed everything else up until this point has been. It's just, like, literally a couple of minutes of her saying, basically, that he is this, this kind of, you know, the, the, the devil in this creation myth. Um, which, I, you know, I think he's kind of flattering him a little too much. Um, you know, I, I think he's kind of the, uh, maybe not the devil, but he's kind of maybe one of the kind of lower angels who fell. You know, like he's not he's not up there at the top. He's not Beelzebub, but he's he's still somebody right. who, you know, kind of like the stuff that like the stuff between, you know, I've said this before, the stuff with the Winklevoss twins. You can kind of dispute that, you know. Obviously, they they ended up getting a very specific settlement. Um, you know, they they only got a payment, a payment which, by the way, they protested, and uh, you know, we'll talk about that later in the week. But still, they got like a specific settlement. Um, Eduardo kind of got a settlement, but he got he got to retain like a percentage of Facebook stock as part of that settlement. Um, so obviously, it was felt that he had some involvement in the actual creation of the website, whereas. You know, the Winklevi, their case was a lot less strong. Like, the idea, you know, when Mark sums it up and saying, you know, Mash.com for Harvard, it's like, yeah, I don't know that that idea would have ever been very big outside of Harvard. <laughs> like, it's a very small right. kind of pool that that idea would have kind of been able to appeal to. And so I feel like their case feels a bit like a nuisance. Like, obviously, the performance of Army Hammer and, um, you know, Max Minghella throughout the film, it really paints a very credible case that they kept trying to contact Mark, Mark had contact with them, they discussed stuff. Like, there's a whole lot of stuff that's set up that in the film seems fairly credible. But then, you know, if you think about it a little bit, it's like, well, they said, we want a website. Mark said, I've made a website. And they said, you've made our website. And it's like, you know, those things are kind of very hard to really link together. Whereas with Eduardo, he was clearly part of Facebook. (laughs) And then they kind of, you know, screwed him over. And I think that's kind of, that's the one where it's a little harder to be like, you know, Mark is nothing but, you know, a devil in a creation myth. It's like, no, no, he, he literally went out of his way to have these lawyers dilute his stock down to practically nothing. Um, Right. Do you, do you think she believes what she's saying or is she kind of trying to get him to settle and is she just playing her role uh, as part of the legal team i think i think because she's not a real person per se because she's cause <laughs> i she- mean how is she functioning like if this character were a real person like how would you describe this character's like motivation well, I mean, I think when she says, you know, she's there because she she will do if like if this ever goes to trial, she's going to be there for of Wadir, which I I'm not sure that like a second year associate would be uh, given that much responsibility. I'm sure she'd be like second or third right. chair. But still, the fact that she's like, this is the thing I study, which is, you know, uh, what people basically she's saying that she instead of doing law, she's done social studies and she <laughs> understands, you know, the kind of psychology of juries and stuff. Um, and I, th- I think she's kind of making it clear that, uh, you know, the from from the outside, this can easily look like, you know, Mark was the one who was conspiring. And, you know, that's that's something that I think Mark hasn't faced up to. Like, you know, when, when they when they started in this, you know, they, they actually, you know, Mark actually said, you know, are you asking me, did I conspire to cheat Eduardo out of money in a company that didn't yet exist? And it's like. Well, yeah, like that's clearly not something that you did. 
but you did actually conspire to reduce his stocks down to nothing. And so that's the thing that like juries will hear and will then side with Eduardo. And I think she's kind of be, just trying to be a bit more honest and say, look, you know, you know, did you did you plant the story about the chicken and Eduardo? Doesn't matter, but we can make it seem like you planted the story. You know, why weren't why weren't you at Sean's sorority party? We've seen it, and we we know that Mark is a workaholic. But from the jury's point of view, you know, this was meant to be the party for the million members. You know, why was the person who created Facebook not going to these parties? Like, why was he still at the office? And even saying, well, he's a workaholic. You know, there's other parts of this testimony where you could say, well, yeah, but when they were in Palo Alto, he was partying and, you know, he was camcordering people as they zip lined off the chimney. Like he was he was willing to take part in parties up until the party that got Sean caught. Um, and I, th- yeah. I think she's kind of think- trying to be a bit more honest and say, f- you know, if you're sitting in on the depositions, and you listen to hours and hours and hours of it. Maybe you think Mark isn't a bad guy. But from the outside, in 10 minutes, the jury will be like, no, this guy's a rich asshole and we don't like him. The first time I watched this movie, I felt like, oh, she's definitely on his side and, like, she cares about him in some way and, like, feels bad that he feels demonized and is sad to see this friendship sour and all that. And she's, like, emotionally invested. And the t- this time when I watched it recently, I was like, I think she's just, like, playing her role in the group realizing that she can help uh mark come to the realization that he definitely needs to settle and so she's just trying to reach that goal and she doesn't really necessarily have any emotional stakes in mark's story at all yeah (laughs) so that's why i guess i was asking well i think i think it's interesting because it's like you know when she comes into the she comes back into the room obviously mark's just there daydreaming about the time that you know, Sean called him because he was caught at a party, um, which is right. what it looks like, which is kind of weird when she she kind of calls his name and brings him into the present. And it seems like he's been daydreaming about the time that Sean got caught um, because obviously he's not testifying at this point. So, you know, like, right, w- right. whereas most of the flashbacks have been testimony. So it's kind of interesting that we kind of come out as if it's just like a, a normal flashback of him wistfully remembering this memory. Um, and it's like, well, why is she here? Like... You know, she comes back and she, 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 like, he says, you know, you've you've only had a salad all day. You know, like, do you want to go out and get something to eat? And she's immediately like, no, because I think she's already eaten. I think she's gone from the room. She's had something to eat. And then she's coming back because she's got to do this. Like you say, she's there to kind of convince him that they're going to, you know, they're going to have to settle. Um, you know, because there's there's actually no real reason for her to go back into that room. Um, she's not like picking up a coat or picking up a laptop or like she's not doing anything like that. she literally just comes into the room tells him he's gonna have to settle and then um, tomorrow she'll just leave the room um, you know and it's it's funny because at no point does Mark ever kind of go why have you come back like why am I talking to you <laughs> like what's this conversation right. about like she literally just kind of appears to say they've gone out to work out a settlement agreement you're gonna have to sign it and that's pretty much it. And she's kind of almost, it does feel like she's kind of selling it and she doesn't really have any investment. And I think the fact that she kind of turns him down, like for going out to get something to eat straight away is kind of indicative that she's not really, she doesn't really want to spend any more time around Mark Zuckerberg. She's kind of, she's kind of probably spent more than enough time, you know, in Mark Zuckerberg's company to know that yeah. that meal's going to end up with them discussing how many geniuses there are in China and, um, you know, is this is this the minute where she says you're not an asshole, or is that later? That's the next minute. That's just before okay. she leaves. Yeah, but 
you know, she's basically laying it out to him. You know, she's saying, I've, I've only been practicing law for 20 months and it won't take much for me to get the jury to hate you. Right, right. And that feels like that's her only purpose is to come back and just put her head around the corner and be like, yeah, your other lawyers have gone to negotiate a settlement agreement. They'll be bringing it back. You need to sign it. There's no there's no other way around it, you know, um, and it's going to cost money. And, you know, we'll find out more tomorrow about kind of, you know, how he I mean, I would say actually this minute it feels like she's less invested in him. And I think tomorrow it feels a little bit more like it kind of before she leaves, it feels like she's kind of a little bit more on his she side. She softens a little bit. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Just but at this point, she's basically saying, you know, the jury will hate you in 10 minutes. Um, right. And I would say, given the amount of times we've seen Mark Zuckerberg in public since this film came out, <laughs> she's not wrong. Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah. Um, I mean, it's usually, in almost any case, better to settle than it is to drag something out in a court case. Unless, of course, you're O.J. Simpson. Then, obviously, it was better to go to court, wasn't it? Well, that was... I mean, are you talking about the criminal case or civil case? The criminal case. Yeah. Oh, no. Well, then the civil case. Well, in a criminal case, you can't settle. That's not a thing you're allowed to do. No. Yeah. Well, I mean, he could have made a deal. He didn't didn't take a deal. He could have taken a plea bargain, sure. Yeah. He didn't do that. He, you know, he decided to go to the jury and it... You know, yeah, I was off. I was more talking about like civil cases where you have to pay people. <laughs> yeah, yeah, but uh, yeah, so that feels like what that's what she's here to do is just kind of pop back in, put her head around the door, and be like, "By the way, you're gonna have to settle." Do you realize that? <laughs> like, I know, yeah. you, I know, you've been sitting here having a lot of fun, you know, kind of making jokes <laughs> about people's math and all that kind of stuff, but yeah. eventually this is just gonna cost you money, and that's the end of it. Like, there's no. There's no getting away from it. At this point, I think, um, you know, by the time the the court case went forward, Facebook had roughly 24 million members. You know, it mm-hmm. was already huge. Like, you know, and, and it was it was kind of starting to make a lot of money. So, you know, they ha- I don't think they quite had advertising yet, but certainly the news feed was like a big thing. And, you know, so it's kind of funny that Mark is sitting in these depositions thinking that somehow he's going to win. Like, that's, that's the funny thing is, like, if you watch this film back, you're like, oh, I, I don't think he realizes as funny as he's being and as witty as he is in these 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 kind of depositions <laughs> that isn't ever going to win over a jury and also he's going to look like he's going to have to just settle both of these there's no way there's no way any of these depositions are ever going to make him look like a person who is correct like that's not that's not the that's not the aim of this you know like the the end goal is is basically going to end up with him just settling and that's it and you know it's funny that this is the point in which mark hasn't realized it and it's it's almost like marilyn's like look you know they're spending i don't know 150 dollars of your money on some stakes to make a settlement yeah. agreement you know yeah um, as clever as he is he's also incredibly naive yeah and i think that's something that jesse eisenberg does really well i mean this is like the last kind of full minute of dialogue so i think that's something that jesse eisenberg you know throughout the entire film has done really well like of playing mark as this kind of uh, naive savant like somebody who's kind of yeah. instinctually able to come up with a good idea but doesn't understand that you know to to kind of make that idea work you have to stop stonewalling the Winklevoss twins and kind of at least reciprocate mm-hmm. one or two of their emails like you know you can't just ignore a cease and desist letter you have to do something about it you know like the, mm-hmm. the, the website can't run on you know hopes and wishes like it's going to take money and like it seems like he's very reluctantly been dragged along on each of those things, um, you know, and and like the fact that he thinks that these depositions will go in his favor is kind of funny. It's like, no, that <laughs> that was never going to happen. You were never going to get into these depositions yeah. and then they read them back to the jury and the jury go, well, this Mark Zuckerberg sounds like a funny chap. 
I think will you know will settle in his favor. Um, you know, it, from the moment they started suing, it was always going to cost something. Even if it was just a couple of thousand yeah. dollars, it was always going to end up costing money. Um, yeah. You know, so this is kind of Mark, I think, almost realizing that. Um, although I think it kind of takes one final minute before, you know, we finally get to that revelation. Um, so the question for Wednesdays is your thoughts on other David Fincher films? Um, so I'm not the sort of person who dives deep in a certain director's work and knows a lot about movies in spite of having a movie podcast i am essentially an idiot but i have seen um gone girl the curious case of benjamin button panic room fight club and i think i've seen at least portions of seven yeah i mean they're they're all good movies i thought the curious case of benjamin button was incredibly dull but (laughs) I, I don't know, aside from editing that to be shorter, what could have been done to make that story more compelling to me, <laughs> personally? I mean, I would but... have just loved if they'd had, like, another hour of Benji Buttons, because I really love that film. Like, I mean, I saw it at the cinema, and I quite enjoyed it. And every time the guy comes up talking about how many times he's been struck by lightning, uh, you know, people kind of had a bit of a laugh at that, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, and I think the middle hour of it is really strong, the stuff between, you know, kind of Brad Pitt and... Um, Kate Blanchett as they kind of reach parity in age as they yeah. like gradually both become like I don't know 30 something I'm not quite sure where the crossover is meant to I don't know how old Benjamin Button's meant to be by the time right. he dies <laughs> um, so I, I don't know if it's like you know 39 to 42 is kind of like where they cross over um, but I really like that kind of part of the film and you know there's a whole thing with um, uh, I mean I've said this before but the whole thing where she breaks a leg and like he kind of keeps going over the events of the day and it's like you know if this person hadn't left here and then they missed this thing and that person went over there and drove past here and you know like there's a whole kind of series of events that they keep kind of building up um, to the point where she kind of like shatters her leg and then you know she can't be a ballet dancer and you know kind of like uh, I don't know maybe if it's just because I'm getting old but like the idea of like you, you know somebody following their dreams and then those dreams being <laughs> snatched away from them because of like a you know, a kind of uh, a kind of twist of fate is is kind of uh, you know something kind of tragic, um, you know. And I mean, you know, Jared Harris is really good in it. I think there's uh, there's a lot of kind of. I think the performances are good. Yeah. Oh, I mean, you know, Brad Pitt is magnetic. You know, and that and half of that performance is you know a CGI head on somebody else's body. So <laughs> the, the fact that he kind of yes, it is. Yeah. So the fact that he kind of manages to pull it off is is kind of impressive. Um, there's actually there's kind of a, there's an equal amount of stuff that they do to Kate Blanchett as well because they have her play younger and then gradually yeah. kind of get to her age and then play a little bit age older. her to yeah, so, where she actually is yeah so they kind of do a little bit of stuff with her as well but yeah you know I mean I can understand why some people don't like it because it is kind of um, yeah, well I mean you know it's from the guy who wrote the screenplay for Forrest Gump and it kind of has that same kind of like all encompassing you know like trying to tell the story of a life that kind of you know impacts on other people but i mean benjamin button kind of uh kind of is a bit of a cipher in the film so he doesn't you know like he kind of does stuff but he just kind of you know he turns up and yeah. world war ii's going on and then, <laughs> then you know i think i think that's my issue with the movie i don't find him to be an interesting character yeah so but i mean i love all the performances around it you know like um yeah it's funny because obviously um, you know, Kate Blanchett and um, Tilda Swinton have obviously both recently been in Marvel films, so it's kind of weird to see <laughs> to see them like just doing normal film roles. Uh, you know, like a decade yeah. ago. Um, but I would say that like, yeah, you know, Tom Hanks is obviously always charming, but 
And the same with Brad Pitt. You know, Brad Pitt's kind of charming, but the characters they're playing yeah. are a little bit kind of empty. Um, yeah. But yeah. I think in general, too, I don't care for movies that are um, kind of almost episodic or yeah. feel like more suited to like one person having a lot of short stories. Um, I mean, I, I like that in like books and things, but typically when I watch a movie, I, I want to invest in like one story. So that's more of a taste thing rather than like, this is definitely a wrong way to make a movie or anything. <laughs> yeah. Although, you know, it was, it was David Fincher's kind of success with Benjamin Button that kind of allowed him to make social networks. So, you know, I, yeah. I don't kind of begrudge him that uh, because, you know, Zo no. Zodiac like made no money. And, <laughs> yeah. and although it got a lot of critical acclaim, it it just basically did nothing. And, and so the fact that he kind of then did Benjamin Button and that was what allowed him to kind of, you know, make his next few films. Um, you know, and you said Gone Girl as well. You'd seen. Yeah, yeah I, I really enjoyed uh, Gone Girl. Yeah, um, I had I had read the book and I even though I had read the book, I I sometimes that'll make me check out of a movie because I'll be like, oh, I already kind of know what happens. <laughs> but um, I, I found, uh, I don't know. It's su such an interesting character that the, the main female character, I forget that character's name. Amy. Um, and amazing. Amy. And the Amy and, and that performance was like really engrossing to me in spite of the fact that I had already known what the story was going to entail. Yeah. So I, I, I enjoyed that movie a lot. Yeah. Well, uh, let's go to plugs then. Is there anything that you wish to plug, Megan? Um, yeah. I have a podcast called Not Another Bad Movie Podcast. Um, it's where I watch a made-for-TV movie uh, with uh, an internet friend or a college friend, and I talk about it with them. Um, they're usually pretty um, bad and are easy to make fun of. So uh, you can find us at notanotherbadmoviepodcast.libsyn.com or any of the usual places where you get a podcast. And you can find us on MySpace at myspace.com slash social minute or on Twitter at social underscore minute or on Facebook at social minute podcast. Thanks for being my guest today, Megan. Thank you. And other boys.